Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. And welcome back to Going There and for a very special day because we are starting our first interview series, Things We Wish We Would Have Known in Our 20s. Yes, we are so excited. Thanks for tuning in today. Yeah, we have Julie Geyer here with us. We are so excited to learn from Julie. I was on a panel with her back in the spring and heard a little bit of her story and just feel like she has so much to offer us and in her story, but even to apply to everyone in our age, honestly, in any age, just on how to kind of trust God and listen and feel peace and follow that. Yeah. So we're really excited. So Julie, welcome. Thanks for joining yes, us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What does life look like right now? What do you do for work? Tell us all the things. Okay. I am married to my husband, Johan. We've been married for almost 30 years. Amazing. Congrats. We have four children from 21 to 28. I have a daughter-in-law and a soon-to-be daughter-in-law. Fun. Yay. I work part-time here at The Crossing in a variety of roles. I mentor interns in our children's ministry in the summer. I'm a special event child care coordinator, and I train all our new volunteers. I also love to bike and hike and ski and read, and I love deep conversations at a Ooh, coffee shop. Ooh, guys, you obviously can't see Julie, but yeah. she is like an uber fit person. Yes. She's like <laughs> always doing something active, always traveling to see Amazing. her kiddos. She is an inspiration in that for sure. Yeah. So. yeah. And I love that you like deep conversation because that's kind of what our whole goal with this podcast is to encourage girls to have more of that. Yeah, to go there in conversation. Yeah. So yeah, so Samantha mentioned that you guys sat on a panel together. This was at a women's conference for our college ministry, Veritas. And at that panel, she had heard a bit of your story about back in your 20s when you were actually previously engaged and ended up breaking off that engagement. And then several years later then meeting your husband now that you've been happily married to for 30 years. So we want to dive into that a little bit. Tell us more about that. Well, let's start back in college. I went to Ohio State University, and my sophomore year of college, I was in a sorority, and a fraternity guy shared the gospel with me. And at that point, I was so excited. I started following Jesus. So kind of simultaneously, I was falling in love with Jesus, and I was falling in love with this young man at the same time. We dated for the rest of college, so a good three years. We had broken up at one time. I can't even remember the specifics, but I remember when it came time to graduate, we weren't ready to move forward with marriage. I ended up moving to Arizona where I became a medical sales rep. I was super involved with Young Life and serving. And then about a year after that, so I must have been around 24, he and I reconnected, started talking again, dated long distance for a fairly brief period of time. And then New Year's that year, he proposed to me. Were you expecting the proposal? I wasn't expecting it that early. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But you were like, we're for sure moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were for sure moving in that direction. And I did have a little bit, even when I said yes, there was that slight hesitation. But like I said, I was involved in Young Life. I had attended so many weddings and now I was moving on to baby showers and it just felt like it was that season of people getting married and 
I don't know, maybe I was young in my faith as well, but I desired to be married. And I think part of it was, hey, I'm in this age range where people, I think. Yeah, just felt natural. Yes, it felt natural. So I said yes. And that meant moving back to Ohio. I quit my job packed up all my furniture, moved it to Ohio, and stored it in his parents' living room while they were in Florida. They didn't have a basement, so I kind of took over their house. I was living with a friend's parents that I had met through him, and I just continued to take steps forward, even though I had a lack of peace. And the further I moved forward, the less peace I had— I already had my dress. We were ordering our wedding invitation. So you had like the date set. Everything was just normal, like how anyone would just start planning a big wedding. Yes. Okay. Yes. I ordered the bridesmaids dresses. And, and the satin matching shoes. Yes, yes. I had to have a certain date. They had to be ordered by a certain date in order to have the satin matching shoes. It was kind of back in the day. And I remember afterwards going to the parking lot and just crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? Why Am I feeling this unsettledness? But I did. So I shared that with him. At that point, we met with a counselor and I shared my feelings. Now, his name was Steve. Steve was like not feeling the same way I did. Yeah. So we're sharing our feelings. Which, by the way, it was really cool that you were like vulnerable with him about those feelings, mm-hmm. at least. Like he was in yeah. on it a little. It was pretty apparent. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Just, was there any part of you that you were like, I don't really want to be honest with him? Or the whole time you were like, no, I need to share with him that I'm feeling like not peaceful about this? Or was. I think I he could just like. sense it he in the like relationship. He was pulling away, maybe. Yes. Okay. And the couple that I was living with was sensing it. But it was just hard for me to own and to lean into that because I, was, I felt I was so far in already. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But this counselor, this was probably one of the wisest things I experienced of, of someone doing in premarital counseling. He had us each write down a list. He said, go home. I want you to each write down a list of what you personally feel would have to change for you to feel peaceful moving forward in this. And then I want you to make a list for that other person. And then let's come back together next week. So we made our lists. We came back together. The first thing he did was have us read the list of what we personally would have to change. Read that. Then he said, I want you to take out the list of the other person and I want you to tear it up. And I was like, what? Like, I worked really hard yeah, on this. Yeah, and it's, it's hard it's on this. Five pages. <laughs> His list is barely longer than yeah, mine, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he said, tear that list up. If you cannot move forward without living with things as they are, like some of these things may change and they might happen, but they might not. And if you feel like you can't move forward without that assurance, then you probably shouldn't be getting married. And at that point, I broke down in tears and took off my ring and handed it to him. And I said, I can't do this. (laughs) The next day, I booked a flight back to Arizona. I had nowhere to live. I had to humble myself and ask a family if I could move in with them. I, yeah, all the emotions. I'm remembering this. It was a really hard time. But 
I didn't have a car because I was in medical sales. So I had to borrow a car from a friend. And the only car they had, this is the summer in Arizona, was an unair conditioned car. Oh, my car. goodness. Oh, that's terrible. I'm trying to interview for jobs. Remember, I'm in sales. I'm yeah. feeling horrible. My hair is like falling out in clumps. And I'm trying to interview and sell myself for someone to hire me. And there were a lot of tears, a lot of second guessing. Like, did I do the right thing? Would it work? Should I go back? All those things, you know those. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, and did you and Steve talk at this point? Were you guys like communicating at all? We did talk just a little bit. And then I found I had to cut it off. I just couldn't do it. His parents wanted to talk to me too. I loved them. And I said, I can't talk to your parents. Yeah. So I was fortunate that I had distance. I think a lot of times when people cancel an engagement, it's so easy just to slip right back in. Distance was my friend. Yeah, that is nice. Did you feel, I don't think I've asked you this yet. Did you feel this like immediate sense of peace right when you did it? Or did that come kind of as you were grieving? Because, you know, we're kind of talking about this whole idea that we really can sometimes trust, you know, often we can get feelings mixed up sometimes with things that we want out of our life. And so we can kind of blame like, well, I just don't feel peace about X, Y, and Z sometimes almost as an excuse for ways that we want to keep living in disobedience or not really stepping out into faith. But I do think the whole point of this is like, there is this peace that we have with God and he really does want to lead us in right decisions. And you felt this unsettledness in this engagement. And so I guess going back to that, did you immediately feel peace when you gave back that ring or was it just kind of something slowly that you felt like, okay, yes, I did make the right decision in this? That's a really good question. One of the things when I was processing all of this was I kept trying to imagine myself on my wedding day and standing at the end of the aisle and seeing him there waiting for me. And I just couldn't go there in my head because I knew this, I was entering a covenant relationship and, and I was, for me, it was forever. I always tell my kids forever is a long time. Like Mm -hmm. think about that forever is a long time. So I think there was peace in that I wasn't going to have to live out that image. I wasn't going to enter that, but I knew the cost was high. And I I didn't have a whole lot to go to. It was kind of humbling too, because there was embarrassment. Oh, yeah. And there probably shouldn't have been. That's but, natural. But yeah. I did feel that. Well, and even you mentioned like early on, you know, you guys like leave college, you're not ready for marriage yet. So you guys go your separate ways, then you get back together. And at the time, you're going to baby showers, and you're going to wedding showers, and you're like watching other people move in this phase of life where you're like, I feel an expectation that I have of myself, but it's also this expectation. I also feel like I'm in the phase that I need to get married, I need to start having kids. And so you also are walking into this thinking like, I need to get on it, I got to like, Steve is probably a great option. He is a great option. I'm going to go with it. Well, and you said, right. you said there was nothing on paper like wrong with Steve. Like he was this great guy. I know you told me before, like he was this amazing guy on paper, like this all-star Christian kind of guy. And so, yeah, I'm just like putting myself back into that time maybe of even just being your friend and thinking like, are you sure you're not, you know, I'm sure yes. you just felt this like, am I crazy or am I, you know? Right, right. I'm like, we both love the Lord. I don't know. I just, but you also need to remember, I was raised in a family. My dad died when I was five. So I never saw that relationship kind of lived out too. So in a sense, I was kind of walking blindly, which ended up being a gift because when I moved back, I was able to live for three or four months with this couple Mm -hmm. and see 
just a godly marriage lived oh, out before awesome. me and how that works and yeah, functions. Cool. And it was just like a bomb to my soul and a foreshadowing of what would to come. That's awesome. You talk about this, like, so this entire time you have this like absence of peace, you're not like, you're not settled in this. Looking back now, what would you have like done to lean into that like unsettling feeling you had? Or like, why didn't you kind of like walk us through those emotions? Yes, this has been great. It's been great for me to rethink these things too. I think that the reason I didn't lean into those emotions is because I didn't want them to be true. I just didn't. I didn't want them to be true and to put words to them and to acknowledge them and to dig deeper in the layers of why I was feeling that was hard. And maybe too, there were all these feelings of like, okay, well, I just am thinking about the bravery in a way and the courage it took to step out of that thinking, okay, I'm already at whatever age you were, you know, all your friends may be having babies now. It's like, how would I start over? What if I'm letting go of like, you know, what if it isn't going to get better? I mean, just the courage it took to follow through. And it just, I think some people that could be listening, it could be this, maybe they are feeling like this, or it could just apply to so many things that we're faced with in this age in our life when we are faced with a lot of big decisions of, you know, we're kind of always wondering, it's like, well, if I let go of this, I feel like God's calling me to let go of this, or I don't feel peace walking down this, but it almost just like makes too much sense logically for me to step away. And I think that's what's kind of cool about God sometimes. It's like, sometimes it's not the most like logical on paper answer or the thing that by the book looks like the right decision. Sometimes it is like really stepping out in faith. What's the illustration that we both knew of? Yesterday, yeah, we were talking it was about like that. It's like a very old meme. It's like a cartoon, yeah, cartoon looking illustration, thing, mm-hmm. and it's of Jesus. He's like kneeling on the ground in front of this little girl, and this little girl is like holding a little teddy bear, like mm-hmm. a normal size little yeah. teddy bear, and she's like clinging to it, like "Do not take it away from me," like clinging, clinging. But as he's kneeling down, what you see in the picture is like behind him. There's just like giant, like life size teddy bear, and I think at the top it says something of like. I don't know. The little girl, it said something like, but God, I want it. But God, I love it. Or I want it. And he's saying, please just let it go or something. And it is so true. I mean, that seriously, like gives me chills. It's so simple, but it's so true in our lives. Like we cling to these things that, yeah, feel fine. But when we're not trusting that God's best is the best for our lives, like we can just end up in situations where, yeah, we have a total lack of peace. And I think, especially when we're talking about actual marriage, like how we're discussing with your story, I just think about how many girls might be hearing this or people I know that maybe did even on their wedding day, like have this sense of, I'm just too far. Like, I know this isn't right deep down, but here I am and I have to follow through. And I do think God can redeem in marriages and work in ways that we can't understand. But maybe that is why there's so many marriages that kind of end in a really sad place because we just aren't willing to do the hard thing sometimes or to like trust that God has more for us in store if we listen. So, I mean, I don't know. It's like really convicting for me to even hear your story because I'm just thinking about all the ways it could apply to decisions in my life. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to watch you even as we sit here. Like you are getting physically emotional about decisions and things you were processing years and years ago. And like what I also hear from you of this idea of like what I knew in front of me was really awesome. Like I saw something that like could have been great. Like Steve was awesome. You know, like our relationship, nothing was necessarily wrong. But I had this like unsettling feeling. And what I had to put aside was like my known and I had to walk into the unknown of like, 
I mean, you even mentioned the other day, like, what if I never get married again? What if like Steve was my dude and I just screwed it up? (laughs) You know, like, I mean, and it's interesting, like you were still even in those places, but like Christ is with you in those moments. And like the Holy Spirit is prompting you of like, hey, it's just not right. And you felt that and you followed that even not even knowing what that was going to look like, which is awesome. And even after, like, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Tell us a little bit about those like few months after you made that decision. I mean, you said you moved in with this couple who was really awesome, but I'm guessing you were like really having to kind of grieve the loss of everything. I was. Like I said, I I second guessed myself. I would look at my pictures that I had of me in my dress and imagine what that day would have been like. I had no money, so I had to depend on people. It was just humbling. It was so humbling. But, you know, looking back, this is one of the hard times of my life, probably one of the hardest. I do have others as well. But it's those hard, difficult moments that have just been those of the greatest growth. So I look back now, and I'm just so grateful. Okay, if I can step back one second to the question that you asked about Knowing what I know now, what would I have done differently? Because I think that's important. For sure, I think I would have looked for an older, wiser woman, someone I felt safe with. I am a person who's all about keeping things like that in a small circle. But someone who I could have been vulnerable with to share those doubts and feelings. And I think through that process, just my own sin would have been revealed. Just fears that I had of maybe never getting married if I didn't marry Steve coveting, like wanting to be the bride, like all the other weddings I was going to. And the other thing was probably Steve and I had been physically intimate. And I think it would have helped me figure out that some of that attachment that I had in moving forward was because of that. It muddied my thinking and it just wasn't all clear. And I know just the fact that we had been physically involved made it all the more difficult. But just to own that and, you know, I know I'm forgiven and, you know, he's a Jamie and you're making things new all the time and he made me new. But just being able to forgive myself and move on and just to think clearly on that would have been helpful. And that's so good. Like, I so wish that was more of the context of like, yeah, this whole idea, like I remember when I was young and I I am thankful that that is what I heard that like, hey, like if you walk into this relationship and you are physically intimate, that's going to fog up the other emotions you're feeling. And so I understood that, but there also was this like legalistic type thing. Well, I'm not supposed to do that, so I won't do it. And so I do think, you know, it's like the whole like purity culture thing. And it is so cool that your story has like, really helped you see like, no, there is a ton of value. And like, this is actually what I wish would have not happened in my relationship because it really hurt me in these ways. Well, and I think that is like you're talking about, we obviously value wisdom and insight from older women. Like, I think we have to kind of wake up and like really start prioritizing that more in our culture. We kind of just think we can like get all of that from all the books we're reading or from Instagram or whatever. But it's like sitting here with you, I would have never known that in your story. And I can even imagine if I was in high school and I got to hear you explain your story and then your physical intimacy did kind of make that more difficult. It helps put some context to why everyone's like yelling at me just not to do that. It's kind of like, oh, well, I'm actually seeing how that played out in a really negative way in your life. And like you said, God redeemed both of you in that. And you, I want you to be able to share a little bit about your marriage now, but I just think it's so cool that your vulnerability could help people understand some of the like practical ways those things play out. Right. It has been really cool how God has used 
just my journey. I can't tell you how many women I've sat down with who have had doubts and it in a way it just frees them up to, I mean, some have canceled their engagement. Some have just put a pause on it. Some have moved forward and it's been great, but just to stop and consider and evaluate. Yeah. yeah. It's All good. Of that. Yeah, it's that's good. so good. I know. But tell us, yeah. So what you had mentioned earlier when we chatted a little bit about like, what does your marriage look like now? How some of these things that you're like, oh, wow, I learned this in my 20s and it was really hard and really awful. How does that now play out in your marriage? Obviously, you don't have a perfect marriage, but it's pretty great. 30 <laughs> years. It's pretty great. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. He is great. He's very different than Steve. He's nothing like what I thought mm-hmm. I would have married personality-wise was thinking about this the other day, how interesting. Do you remember I told you that I was living with a friend who I'd met with Steve's parents? Yes. I ended up being maid of honor in her wedding, Mm -hmm. and it was at her wedding that I met my husband. Oh, wow. So talk about God at work. That is crazy. It is crazy. And who would have thought that was a long-distance relationship, and I had already done that. He had been in one, and we're both like, we're never doing long distance. And what happened? So we both have said, you just don't say to God, I'm never doing that. Right. Because you don't know what he's going to come Or you don't to. say that in general. Because <laughs> I feel like right. you're always just yes. in parenting. That's my biggest thing. The things that I swore I would never do three and a half years ago, I'm currently doing with my three and a half year old. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So Johan's a great guy. Complete opposite of Steve in so many ways. But I always tell him, I remember the next morning after we were married, I go, I got a good one. Mm, <laughs> you so sound like sweet. you've gone fishing. Yeah. And I still say that. I think I told you, Christian, the other day, I was I always remember the beginning of my wedding vows because it started off saying, Johan Geyer, today it's a great joy to become your wife. I have waited for you. And I think I did. I waited for him. And there was even when I did my vows, there was this long pause. And I thought he was so worth the wait. Why am I crying? Oh, he, was, he was so worth the wait. That's and so then sweet. I was talking to him the other day about this podcast. And I, I said, honey, I was sleeping. And I was thinking about the podcast. And I was picturing the thing that I always struggled with when I thought I was going to marry Steve, like picturing him at the end of the aisle. And when I reflect back on our wedding day, one of the moments that is most real or I can kind of relive in my head was seeing you at the end of the aisle, and there were these big glass windows. We'd already done our first look, so I was looking through. And just the overwhelming peace and the excitement. Not that it wasn't going to be work, not that it would be perfect, but I knew it was right, and I knew it was good, and I knew it was of God. And just that anticipation in my heart that I was going to be able to walk down that aisle in a few minutes and become his wife. And he's like, that's amazing. So cool. that is your, but talk about redemption. I mean, yeah, that is a story. That, exactly. It's so cool how, again, like the one thing that you were like, I'm so not at peace about this image and I can't wrap my head around it. And something just feels off. You were willing to like lean into it. And then now God has restored and redeemed that into this marriage that you're like, no, that's one of my favorite parts about it. I have children. That's, cool. that's one know. of my favorite mm-hmm. parts about your wedding day. Yeah. And that is so cool. Like what a unique story and just like so awesome to like God's character of like, he will always be faithful in those things when like you lean into him. And you were and, obedient. Yeah. yeah. That is so, so cool. After the school of hard knocks. That's true. That's true. So if you could kind of just wrap up your whole story and even other aspects of your life, and if you could go back and sit across the table from like 20, 25, 20 or 
I don't know, any your young 20s, 20 or 25 year old Julie, like what would you tell her? I would tell 25 year old Julie (laughs) to invest and cultivate and deeply know God and his word so that you can draw strength on that truth. And I was thinking of like the one phrase and I thought, the one thing I wish I had known in a more palpable way is that God is for me and he's sovereign over every aspect of my life. And I can rest in that. And it might look different than what I'm picturing or even desiring, but he's sovereign and he's good. And there's peace in that. Mm. Amen. Thank That's you, awesome. Julie. Yeah. This has been encouraging just for me to hear your story over and over and just to learn from you. So we really appreciate it. We know that your story will help a lot of women our age and at any age, really, just to remember those truths as well. Yeah. Oh, so, so thank much. you so much yeah. for joining us and being vulnerable. So we love having you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you.